Today's scripture comes from Mark 6, 30 through 32, and Luke 5, 15 and 16. The apostles gathered around Jesus and reported to him all that they had done and taught. He said to them, come away by yourselves to a remote place and rest for a while. For many people were coming and going and they did not even have time to eat. So they went away in the boat by themselves to a remote place. But the news about him spread even more and large crowds would come together to hear him and to be healed of their sicknesses. Yet he often withdrew to deserted places and prayed. The word of the Lord. Thank you, Erica. Well, as I said, this is my last sermon before my sabbatical begins this Wednesday. And one of my sabbatical fears, this is my time to confess, is that I will forget how to preach over my sabbatical. When I get back, I, don't, I won't know what to do. So this may be the last, Lord willing, decent sermon that I ever <laughs> preach, you ever hear from me. We'll see. Usually as, as a pastor, as someone who is uh, in a leadership role in the church, I like to make sure I avoid sweeping statements like, you all need to do this, or one size fits all kind of application of the Bible. Because rarely does that work. There are differences in the season of life we're in. There are differences in the nuance and how the Bible applies to us and in our situations. So our application of Scripture is rarely the same uh, individual to individual. So I want to avoid saying everybody needs to do this or that. But today I'm going to make an exception to that rule. The title of my message this morning is Why Everyone Needs to Take a Sabbatical or I guess the longer title is why everyone needs and should take a sabbatical. And in the bulletin, there's this weird typo. It says over some sort. I have no idea what that means. It should say of some sort. So that was my fault. And maybe it's a sign that I need a sabbatical because I don't know how that came out of my fingers in typing. This message is for me. And as I begin my first ever sabbatical, it's something I was reflecting on this week. But it's a message that I want to leave with all of you as well this summer while I am away. Everyone, and I know it's a family service, so the message is also for you kids today as well. You should take a sabbatical of some sort. What is a sabbatical? Well, it's not an extended vacation. That is not what it is. It is not an extended time for professional development. A sabbatical is a, an extended Sabbath or a Sabbath rest in addition to the normal Sabbath pattern of one day in seven. So what is a Sabbath? Well, I have a definition here, largely taken from a pastor named Pete Scazzaro, whom I've learned a lot from about sabbatical. A Sabbath or a sabbatical is a day or a period of time where these four things come together. One, where we stop and cease work. Two, where we rest. Three, where we delight in God's good gifts of creation and redemption. And four, where we commune with the Lord, where we worship Him. 
Sabbath time is time that is holy to the Lord. When it is a family uh, service Sunday, what I try to always remember to do is to teach you kids a new word, usually in the languages, the original languages of the Bible, Greek or Hebrew. So here is your word. It is a Hebrew word today, and it is the word Shabbat. So every kid can say loud now, Shabbat. Shabbat. There we go. Good stuff. Good job. Shabbat, it sounds like Sabbath, and that's what it means. It is the Hebrew word for Sabbath. And what it literally means is to stop, to rest. And here's my specific application. I'm going to share with you up front that I'm going to recommend and ask all of you that you take at least one intentional block of time this summer to stop, rest, to delight in God's good gifts, and to connect with God in worship and prayer. If you're in middle or high school, one good way to do that is at the retreat. There'll be time for that this summer. And here's why I think this applies to everyone right now, why I'm saying, hey, I think every single person should do this. And it's like a rubber band. Uh, This is the illustration I want to share with you. Here's a rubber band. This is like what's inside of every human heart and soul. It's like we have a, a rubber band within us. And when life gets hard, when there are challenges, when we're busy, we're stretched, right? We use that word that we're stretched. And so some of us feel like we're stretched, taut, you know, tight like this. And what happens if I were to keep pulling on this rubber band? Which kid knows what will happen? It'll break, right? If I keep pulling and pulling, and if I just keep it like that for a long time, it might start cracking and fraying until eventually it snaps and it breaks. I think everybody has had their rubber band like this for a really, really long time. These past two and a half years, it's been very, very difficult for all of us. Each one of you has had some unique challenges, disappointments, things that you are dealing with, busyness and demands of life. Now, it's normal for us to sometimes be stretched like that, and it's not bad. God grows us when we are like to our extreme. We're stretched like that. That's a normal way that God grows us. But if something comes along that's outside of our control and we're stretched like that for too long, we can snap and break. And it's not healthy for any of us to be in a constant state of stretching like that. There's a word that is, I'm hearing all over the place right now, and it's the word fatigue. We've been using it for like two and a half years. We have pandemic fatigue. We have Zoom fatigue. We have all kinds of fatigue and tiredness and weariness. So in addition to all the normal stresses and busyness and demands of life, we've all been in this season where we've been in this constant state of vigilance. We've always been on. What's the next news that's around the corner regarding COVID? What's the next tragedy, unfortunately? What's the next cultural war that we feel like we have to find our side in. So for the past two plus years, everything's been harder and challenging and more stretching. Parenting and school has been harder for all of you kids, and it feels like there's wave after wave of things for us to process. What do we need? Well, 
all kinds of things, but uh, we, we need more than just a break from working and unplugging. That won't be enough. Vacations are good. Time off is good. Summer vacation, yay, is great. Some of you are already on that, kids. Weekends are good, but none of these are the prescription that the Bible offers us when we are fatigued and when we are stretched and when we are weary. What is given us in the Bible is Sabbath or sabbatical. So I want to show you this from Scripture, why we should do this, all of us, by looking at a short scene from the ministry of Jesus. It's the one we just read in Mark chapter 6. We'll be looking at three things from this text. One, our need for rest. Two, the command to rest. And lastly, we'll look at the promise of rest. Verse 30, if you look again at that with me. It says, the apostles gathered around Jesus and reported to Him all they had done and taught. So let's get the context here. The 12 disciples, at least them, maybe some other followers of Jesus, come back to Jesus to have a reporting session about the job and the work that He gave them to do. The background to all of this is earlier in Mark chapter 6, where Jesus had sent out the 12 with a specific job to do to preach, and to heal. And if you look at Mark chapter 6, verses 12 and 13, we see that they went out and did that. They preached that people should repent. They drove out many demons. They anointed many sick people with oil, and they healed them. And this is the report they are giving to Jesus of all the things that they had done and all the things that they had taught. We look at this, and what we should see here and recognize is that this is really important work that the apostles are doing. They're directly sent by Jesus. They are teaching. They are preaching the gospel. They are saying, the Messiah is here, everyone. Now is the time. Repent and turn back to God. If we were to use the, the quadrants, right, urgent and important, this is way up into the corner of the urgent and important work. What could be more important than this? And not only is it important work, it is successful work that they are doing. Evil is being driven back. Healings are happening. People are hearing the good news about Jesus, and they're responding. And look at verse 31 then. So they say, Jesus, here's all the stuff that's happening. You gave us work to do. We're doing it. There's success. And Jesus' response is in verse 31. Come away by yourselves to a remote place and rest a while. An interesting response. I was thinking about it this week and thinking, man, what a, what a different response than probably all of us would have to this. You hear this report and say, there's success happening. This is a great job, guys. Let's keep this up. Let's keep building and make it bigger and make new goals and cast new vision. Let's get our social media in order so we can blow this thing up. Let's keep the momentum going that we have. We need more momentum. We need more followers. We can't stop now. It's too important. People need us. They're counting on us. But Jesus doesn't say that. He says, no, 
Let's step away from work for a while and let's rest. There's so much here in that response. Why did Jesus say this? Why didn't he say, keep on going, guys? The, the reason is given right here. It says, for, there's the reason, many people were coming and going, and they did not even have time to eat. There's a danger that in all of our doing, we can neglect our being. Eating is necessary to being. Right? You have to eat to be alive. And here the disciples, because of the important and significant work, because they were needed, were draining themselves of something they needed just to be eating. Now, what would happen if they continued to neglect that need? If you don't eat at all, right? Eventually you cease to be. And I think that is a part of what we're to learn here from Jesus' response. That work without rest, without real rest, can sap us of our very being, our very selves. If we, we can neglect and abuse and mistreat ourselves and our being in the name of good work. But in this condition, we're not in a place to do good work for others either. So it's clear here for Jesus. Even when there's work, good work, important work that needs to be done, this does not cancel out our need for rest. And here's the point for us. We all have important work to do, good work to do. In our jobs, in our homes, in our communities, schools, on our teams and in our activities, we are sent into these places. We talked about this a few weeks ago. Jesus has sent us just like he sent the apostles, the word apostles means sent. We are sent to serve and to bless and do good work there. But the good work that needs to be done does not cancel out our need for rest. We can't wait to rest until there's nothing more important to do. We've checked everything off. All the important and urgent things are checked off my list. Now I can rest. Well, that's not what happens here. Jesus doesn't say, earn the rest by finishing the work. He says, in the midst of work that still needs to be done, you need to rest because there's always more to do. The disciples could have gone to more towns, to more cities, and on and on it goes. But if we do not rest, we will have nothing of ourselves to give to other people. And at the end of the day, Adam referenced this. I didn't know he was going to say this, but it is not our doing that we give to others. That's not the most important gift that we give to others. It is our being. And earlier on in Mark, Jesus defined what it means to be a disciple of his. He chose his disciples, it says in Mark 3, to be with him. That is the prerequisite of discipleship, to be with Jesus. If we are not with Him, then what we do for Him doesn't come out of our being, but it can be empty doing, and that is dangerous. Blaise Pascal, you probably heard this quote before, the French philosopher said, 
All of humanity's problems stem from our inability to sit in a quiet room alone. An interesting take on where all of our problems come from. He says it boils down to our inability to rest. Work without rest, true rest is unsustainable. It's not something Jesus asked His disciples to do. It's not something He asks us to do. But many of us keep going and keep stretching. We're like this rubber band without rest. So Jesus commands it of His disciples. Look at the two commands. Come away by yourselves to a remote place and rest for a while. Simple observation about this. These are not suggestions. The official Greek tense of these verbs is the imperative. These are commands. And we look at the other commands that Jesus gives His disciples. Be fishers of men. Follow me. Pray in this way. And we just readily say, okay, Jesus commanded His disciples that way. And He commands us in the same way. But what about these two commands? We make it optional, maybe, if we need a break. These are suggestions for those who may need an occasional rest. No. <laughs> These are commands along with the rest of Jesus' commands. And here's where I want to make a connection to Sabbath. Uh, the text here doesn't say that this was a Sabbath day or anything like that. And that's not important to the point I want to make. What Jesus commands his disciples to do is grounded in the many biblical commands and the principle of Sabbath and Sabbath rest. Rest is one of the Ten Commandments, right? Fourth Commandment. Remember the Sabbath day. Rest and keep it holy. You must not do any work. Why? Exodus 20.11, where the Ten Commandments are written, says, because God rested on the seventh day from His work after creating all things. So the fourth command is about honoring and obeying the pattern of work, the rhythm of work and rest that God has woven into the fabric of creation and into the very fabric of what it means to be a human being made in His image. Okay, so Ten Commandments, not a suggestion, one of the Ten Commandments, God's top ten list, very important. As I said before, the word Shabbat, Sabbath means to stop. There's a legal term that we have for this, cease and desist. When you get a cease and desist order, you are being told legally to stop doing something that is causing harm, right? And you have to obey that. It's a legal order. It's defined like this. When someone sends you a cease and desist letter, you are asking them to stop engaging in a particular activity that is harmful to you in some way. God's command to Sabbath is a cease and desist order. He's telling us to stop engaging in a particular activity that is harmful to us. And that is work without rest. It's not a vacation. It's not a weekend. It's a Sabbath. We've been reading the Old Testament in our CBR readings. If you've been tracking along with those, we've read Exodus and Leviticus. A few weeks ago, we were in Leviticus. And I was just struck again and kind of floored by the commands related to Sabbath. 
Uh, after the Ten Commandments, you have a number of case laws. In the case of this situation, here's what needs to happen. In the case of that situation, if this law is broken, here is the maximum penalty of that law being broken of that situation. In Exodus 31 and Exodus 35, there is a case law section addressing the maximum legal penalty for not Sabbathing, for not resting. And maybe you read this or you remember what the maximum penalty is. It is the death penalty. And that's like, whoa, (laughs) for not taking a Sabbath and not resting, God in His law said, this is punishable by death. And that is difficult. That is jarring at first to go, what is happening there? God is saying, when we think about this, okay, human race, my people, Israel, you're, you're commanded to stop and rest and delight in my good gifts of creation and redemption and simply be with me in communion and worship. You're commanded to delight. You're commanded to rest. When you put it that way, it doesn't sound quite, quite so harsh. You realize that in the Old Testament law, the things that are given the maximum death penalty are things that tear apart the fabric of human life and human flourishing as God designed. Human beings are created with the rhythm that is necessary for our flourishing in life of work and rest. And Sabbath is one of those things for the God of the Bible. As I was processing that and thinking, I don't know of any other God or view of human life that takes rest this seriously as the God of the Bible. I don't know if you can think of any other worldview or system of belief that says it's this serious to live in this rhythm, rest or die. And maybe it's because that is true. Rest or die. Maybe we won't die physically but inwardly, spiritually, morally, in our integrity, without observing the rhythm of work and rest, we die. In addition to the one day and seven uh, weekly pattern, the Sabbath day, God also gave commands for special yearly Sabbaths, and they had feasts associated with that. In addition to that, there was a sabbatical year. Every seventh year was to be a sabbatical year. That's where uh, the pattern of sabbaticals originates. And every seventh, after every seven cycles of seven years, so in the 50th year, there was a whole year of Sabbath rest called the Jubilee year, where debts were canceled and people were given rest from their enslavements. So you have all these commands together, one in seven, yearly Sabbath, seven-year Sabbath, 50-year Sabbath, all that together, it's clear in Scripture that God made us to live in a pattern of work and Sabbath rest. But if that's not enough, if you're like, okay, I'm processing that a little bit, wasn't that the Old Testament and the commands, and I got some questions about that. Well, maybe there's something more clear and convincing for you, and that's in Luke chapter 5, verses 15 and 16 there in the bulletin. It says that Jesus Christ, 
when faced with the many demands and all the good work that he needed to do, that he took time away to do what he told his disciples to do, to get away, to rest, and pray. So if Jesus, the perfect human being with no sin, needed rest, if Jesus, who is doing the most important work that ever needed to be done, and only he could do it, if he needed to get away from that work to a deserted place to rest and pray, how could we not need the same thing ourselves? So, here are some reasons that do not exempt us from obeying God's pattern and principle and command to rest. Number one, I'm too busy. Well, Jesus was also busy, busier than you. I'm too needed for important work. Well, Jesus' work was the most important, and He was the only one to do it. I don't have my to-do list finished. Once I get it done, I'll do it. Well, Jesus' to-do list was longer than yours, and He needed rest. And so do you. So out of His heart of love, out of His heart for your well-being, out of His knowledge and conviction that it's either rest or die, He commands us to rest. Third point. When we are tired, we've all been tired, when we're working a lot, when our minds and hearts and schedules are so busy, when we feel like the rubber band that is stretched out to our limit, you know, we can't just stay there. We know we have to like bring it in just a little bit. We have to bring it in a little bit. We all kind of know that. It's like, well, I don't need to be told that. But when we're like the disciples and we're ignoring our limits and we're not eating or sleeping and resting, there are things in our lives that promise us rest. Like, you could come up with your own, like sitting down in front of the TV and going, I'm going to binge Netflix, my favorite show, whatever it is. Or just mindless scrolling you know, on social media. I just need a break. I'm so stretched. Let me just scroll, scroll, scroll. Or the news or even taking a vacation. I need a vacation. Summer vacation, yay, no school. Even hobbies and exercise, when we're stretched, we just bring it in with some of those things. So they're promising me rest. When we're tired and weary, they say, come to me and I will give you rest. There's nothing wrong with these things. These are good things, but none can provide the rest we need because we need, re we need rest, not just physically, not just not working. We need rest for our souls, and this is the rest promised by Jesus. We already looked at this passage, Matthew eleven twenty-eight through 30. You can turn there in your bulletin. It's in the call to confession, the words of assurance. Jesus says, come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart. And you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Here is the rest promised by Jesus Christ. The way he promises this rest is very interesting. 
He says, if you want this rest, then you need to take my yoke upon you. We talked about this a number of years ago, and I think I shared a picture like this, but kids, what is a yoke? For people who don't know, kids or adults, this is a yoke. It's something that you put on an animal. We can go to the next slide. This is another kind of yoke. You put it on your shoulders, on the animal's shoulders, and they are doing the work. That is not a very restful picture. (laughs) Put this thing on your neck. That is a picture of hard labor. That is a picture of working. And yet Jesus says, the only way to get rest is if you take my yoke upon you. What's going on there? It's surprising that Jesus doesn't say, throw off the yoke. No more yokes, no more work. He says, no, that's not enough. It's not just not working that will give you rest for your souls. You have to know that you are yoked to the right thing. It's about what or who you are yoked to. When we are yoked to Jesus, we work, but we work from rest. When we are yoked to anything else, we are working for rest. What do I mean by that? When we are yoked to anything else, we work and we work, we keep going. We work for our career, for an example. We work to raise our families. Wonderful, good things. We're doing life. We're always saying, once I'm done with this, once I'm done with that, then I'll get to a place of rest. Once I've achieved these things, I'll rest. We work at school. We get good grades. Good grades, everybody. That's a good thing. We can't rest yet. We ace fifth grade. Well, there's middle school. We ace middle school. We've got to do high school. We ace high school. We can't rest yet because we've got college and beyond. This is what I mean by working for rest. And it's why none of these other things that promise us rest can give us that real rest. Because we don't need to rest just from work. We need to rest from the work that is underneath the work. The work of proving ourselves. The work of trying to achieve our worth. The work of earning approval and affirmation so we can say, I've done enough. And now I can rest. I've done enough. Now I am somebody. Until we can find rest from that work underneath the work, we will never really rest, no matter how much vacation, hobbies, and entertainment we have. And here is where Jesus' work is different. Because of Jesus' work for us, we have nothing to prove. We receive our worth as a free gift of grace. We have the approval and affirmation of the God of the universe over our lives because of what Jesus has done in his work for us. Our unfinished work is covered with his perfect work. Our sins in our work, our sins in the responsibilities that God has given to us are paid for by his perfect work. And he says, if I began a good work in you, I will carry it on to completion. Do you believe that? One of 
the more frequently memorized verses in the New Testament. We just read this in our CBR reading this week is Ephesians chapter 2. It says in verses 8 through 10, For by grace you have been saved through faith. It's not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not as a result of works, so that no one may boast, for we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. There's a lot about work in those verses. But in those verses, we see the complete and utter difference in working from rest and working for rest. The gospel, the message of Christianity, the promise of Jesus is not by works that we achieve the affirmation, the approval, the sense that we are somebody and the worth that we are working so hard for. It is by grace. It is a gift we are given. Not by works. So that we would do good work from a place of rest. The human heart forgets this. We live under the burden of working, of restlessness and weariness. And so that is why we need the practice of Sabbath, sabbatical, rest, whatever word you want to call it, where we stop, where we rest, where we delight in what God has given us, His good gifts of creation and redemption in Jesus, and we simply be with Him in worship. Final practical thought. I'm asking you to do some Sabbathing along with me this summer. It's in sabbatical resting that we put into practice our faith in Ephesians 2, 8, 9, and 10, that we believe that it is not our works, but it is the gift of God. We say, I believe that, but it's so hard to live by that. Well, God has given us something to get that deep in our souls, and that is the practice of Sabbath. In Sabbath rest, we are forced to take off the other yokes that we are wearing, lay them aside, and listen again to what Jesus says to us, come to me and I will give you rest. So I think you just need two things to do this. They're in Mark chapter 6. He said, come to a remote place. Find a place outside of the normal demands of your life, and you need a time. He said, rest for a while and set a time. Start with two hours. Start with six hours. Start with a day, whatever you can start with. Find a place and a time. That place, Jesus says, is, is a remote place. The official word is a desert place, a deserted place. A place without the normal activity of life, the demands, the needs, a place without technology, without all the resources that are swirling all around us, simply a place to be. Would you consider finding a place and a time this summer to Sabbath, and to hear the promise of Jesus, to come unto Him, all who are weary and heavy laden, and He will give you rest for your souls. Let's pray that we could find that rest together, friends. Would you pray with me? Jesus, our hearts are restless. And I pray for us, all of us here, 
We're all in various places of being stretched, and you know exactly where each one of us is. Would you speak by your Holy Spirit these words of promise to our souls? Would you enable us to take off the other yokes that we are wearing that drive us, that compel us to work and to keep going and to not stop in ways that do harm to us and the other people around us? Would you teach us right now, even in this moment, week after week, to find Sabbath rest in your promise and in your work on our behalf? And would you also help us with your wisdom, lead us and teach us how we can implement, how we can serve others so they can implement Sabbath rest in their lives. We thank you for your perfect work on our behalf. And we pray all these things in your name. Amen.